0: One. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. NASCAR. Welcome I everybody to a bonus Earnhardt episode of the Aaron Sports Street Podcast. I'm phone. your host, Aaron Torres. It yeah. is, how about this, Saturday, February 10th, 2024. People. Um, And we're doing this bonus episode for one very simple reason. Obviously, Monday, we usually recap college hoops, and I think we will still do that on Monday. But with the Super Bowl on Sunday, all anybody's going to want to do is react to the game on Sunday. And I felt like I had to get out a quick reaction to Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Gonzaga goes to Kentucky. They win by four. It is the first time in the history of Rupp Arena that Kentucky has lost three straight games. And I have not been a fire John Calipari guy, but I don't know how you can continually excuse all of these poor performances from his team. So what I want to do, we'll do a quick, short 15, 20 minute reaction to Kentucky Gonzaga, what it means for Gonzaga, because it was actually a very big game, but also what the heck is going on with Kentucky? Is it fixable? And has this John Calipari thing just run its course? We'll get a normal Monday show. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll probably talk some of the college football with Chip Kelly and and, and some of the other stuff that has happened. And we will talk college hoops because I am probably have some expanded thoughts on this Kentucky Gonzaga game, uh, Baylor, Kansas, et cetera, et cetera. But just felt like, hey, let's get the reaction while it's hot, while everybody's talking about it. We'll talk Gonzaga, Kentucky. Probably my guess would be one of the highest rated college hoops games of the season. Wasn't much else on two huge brands. Only game of consequence really in that time slot. Take a quick break. Want to get a word from our sponsors. We'll come back. We'll break down Gonzaga, Kentucky. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, was that frustrating. And again, to reiterate, normal Aaron Torres pod on Monday. We'll talk the Super Bowl. Probably talk more about this game because I'm recording here before John Calipari or Mark Few has even given their press conferences. Quick break. Word from our partners. Be right back and we'll talk some Kentucky, Gonzaga. Alright, everybody. I'm back. Gonna be back. Gonna be back. I do want to want to go ahead and get to uh, uh, just a game of the day in college hoops. Kentucky hosting Gonzaga. We talked about on Friday's show. Mega showdown. Big stakes for both teams. Kentucky desperately needs to get back on track. Lost their last two games at Rupp Arena prior to smoking a bad Vanderbilt team earlier in the week. And of course, Gonzaga right now really does not have or did not have coming into Saturday a signature win uh, on their resume to even make them a real at-large candidate for the NCAA tournament. Bring it up, two teams tipped it off at Rupp Arena Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern, and in what turned out to be a historic result, Gonzaga beats Kentucky 89-85. For the first time ever, Kentucky has lost three straight games at Rupp Arena Kentucky fans are furious, Gonzaga fans are through the roof excited, and I just want to do some quick reaction. I'm not going to, we don't have a ton of notes, this is going to be like a 30 minute reaction, but what I would say, when I look at this game, we're going to talk about the impact for both. What this game ultimately came down to, I thought one guy coached his behind off in this game, And one guy had a disaster of a day, especially in the final minute, and you know what I'm talking about here. In terms of the guy who who coached his butt off, I listen. I thought Mark Few. Listen, what is coaching? What do we always talk about on this show? Whether it's Nick Saban uh, deciding that Jalen Milrow is better with his arm with his legs than with his arm and building an offense around that. We talked on Friday show, Super Bowl pick. I picked KC because Andy Reid is relying on his defense. Well, what did Mark Few do on Saturday at Rupp Arena? He realized that Kentucky had a bunch of skinny, small, young, freshman big guys, and he could just pound the paint and exploit them time after time after time. Kentucky was without Trey Mitchell, their leading rebounder, fifth or sixth year senior. And credit Mark Few. Sometimes you don't have to overthink the room. What did Gonzaga do? They just kept pounding the paint. It's so funny. We came into this game talking about this is the worst Gonzaga three-point shooting team of the Mark Few era. It didn't matter. You know, Gonzaga shot 22% from three in this game, four for 22 in this game, and it didn't matter. You know why? Because they're four big guys. I just want to make sure I have these stats correct. They're four big guys, Braden Huff anton watson ben greg and also uh graham ek finished with 66 of gonzaga's 89 points gonzaga finishes shooting 47 from the field they out rebound kentucky by 12 and i think this is the crucial stat 18 offensive rebounds for the gonzaga bulldogs and so you don't have to overthink it you don't have to we don't have to overanalyze it the bottom line is Mark Few realized early and often, just go to my bigs and especially forget early and often, late. It felt like the last probably 10, 12 minutes of that game, every single possession, they were simply dumping the ball down low and it was either an automatic two or an automatic foul. Gonzaga does what they need to do. They get the win, whatever. We'll talk about what it means for Gonzaga momentarily, but listen, we can't not talk about what just happened at the, the last play of the game. Listen, I wanted to go live after this game, kind of capture some of the audience. I needed a minute to figure out, and please excuse the language. I'm I'm sorry, but it just, it drives me crazy. What the ex, expletive, what the expletive was John Calipari doing on the final play of the game? For people who didn't watch it, and I know you all did, Reed Shepard, the star freshman from the state of Kentucky, was the best player on the floor this game. Had 21 points all in the second half. Uh, made made a bu- made a couple th- or excuse me, made a bunch of free throws, had five rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. And in the final, essentially the final play of the game, the one that mattered, down to what do they do? Reed Shepard, they haven't been able to stop him the entire second half. What do they do? They run him off a pick and he throws a lob. He throws a lob. What are we doing? Listen, I know we can all get hyperbolic in moments like this. That was among the worst, dumbest things I've ever seen, and it just comes down to what are we even doing? What did I just say about Mark Few? Credit to him. Coaching X's and O's. Figured out a weakness and exploited it time time after time after time after time after time Gonzaga does that Kentucky the exact opposite they got a guy that the other team can't stop they can't keep him out of the lane and he's throwing a lob pass into the paint when Gonzaga is playing essentially not three seven footers but Ben Gregg 6'11", Graham EK 6'9", Anton Watson 6'9", what are we doing Kentucky so credit Gonzaga they get the win they desperately need And for Kentucky, uh, you know, it's just, what is there even to say as for the first time ever, I just said it three straight losses at Rupp Arena, big picture. Listen, let me start by saying this credit to Gonzaga grown man team. Now, listen, I'll say this. I think Gonzaga, I've been critical of them, but I think they are one of the, whatever it would be. How many at large teams are there? There's 34 automatic bids, something like that. 31, 32. I think they're one of the 34, 35 best teams. But I also understand that there has to be metrics that we use to determine who is good and who is bad. And Gonzaga right now, going into Saturday, did not have that signature win. We talked about it on Friday. Best wins. UCLA, which is maybe starting to get a little bit better, but they're not good. Syracuse is not good. USC is not good. And so they lose to St. Mary's at home last week. And essentially, this was basically their season. If they lost this game, Gonzaga was essentially playing... The rest of the season to get to the conference tournament and win the automatic bid. In theory, maybe if they swept the rest of the year, if they lost this game, maybe they could get an at-large if they lost in the conference championship game, but it doesn't matter now. Guess what? Gonzaga is got their signature win, and if they can avoid bad losses, they're going to be okay. But at the same time, that's only part of it. Congrats to Gonzaga. I think you're off the bubble for now. Don't take any bad losses, and you should be fine. But man, this isn't really about Gonzaga. This is about Kentucky. Just such a disappointing afternoon in what is quickly becoming I mean, is it is it fair to say the most disappointing season in, in 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 the John Calipari era? I think that it is. Because when I look at this season, here's the thing. There's been other bad years, but but 3 years ago in the COVID year 2021, that was disappointing. But I don't really know that anybody at any point really thought that team was that good. That was the B.J. Boston, uh, you know, the late Terrence Clark. I hate to bring up his name, but he was a part of that team. And you could tell early, like, they probably just didn't have. Last year, they they, they were missing pieces. I've always said it was built, uh, whatever. Last year was disappointing. But this year, for them to start the season as they did, as good as they were, and now, you are sitting at, let me make sure that I have the numbers correct. I believe you are set 16 and seven with this roster. And by the way, I know the SEC is good. I get that. But to be 16 and seven this year after the way you started, you beat one of the best teams in college basketball in North Carolina on a neutral court. You're 16 and seven with three home losses in a year where nobody in college basketball is losing at home. What are we even doing? And so this is so disappointing because the talent is there. In other years, you could argue, you could fight, you could debate, well, we're just not good enough. We don't have this guy or that guy or this or that. And I do understand that for whatever reason this year, this team just not has not been able to stay healthy. You get one guy back, another guy's out. One guy back, another guy's out. The big guys were hurt early, they're back. Big Z, is he going to be eligible? He is. Adu Thiero was hurt, and then he's not. Now he's playing. He was actually probably the second best player on the floor besides Reed Shepard. DJ Wagner, mysterious injury. Now he's back. Now Trey Mitchell's out. And I will also say this was kind of the game you needed Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell is your leading rebounder. He's a veteran. He's going to throw elbows. He's going to be tough. He's at least going to have some resistance down low. And so for Cal and for Kentucky, listen, man, I I, I, I said a year ago, I said I was never going to do the fire coach Cal rant or bit again. But at the same time, what else am I supposed to say? I try to defend the guy. You're getting paid $8, $9, $10 million a year to be 16 and 7 with the number one recruiting class in the country, with realistically probably six guys that are going to get drafted this year? Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, first round picks, uh uh DJ Wagner, that's three, Aaron Bradshaw's four, Big Z's five, Justin Edwards is six. They're all gonna get drafted. And you're 16 and seven right now? Unacceptable, and especially with the way this game ended tonight. And so, I'm not going to do the fire coach Cal rant. I don't listen, he's not going to leave unless he wants to, but it's just, I'm not even a Kentucky fan, but it's so frustrating to watch. And it's like, what are we even doing? I'm just trying to, I, I think this is what I would say because I'm ranting and I'm rambling and I'm not making sense. And I've said this before the thing in sports that annoys me the most, I don't really care who wins and who loses. But I want interesting. I want entertaining. But most importantly, you know what I really want? I want to see the best against the best and the best reach their highest levels of potential. This is why I was so mad when the Cowboys got smoked by the Packers. Because I'm like, the Cowboys are too good to get smoked like they just got smoked. That's on the coaching staff. Figure it out. The Bills. How many times do we have to run it back before we acknowledge this isn't working? We're wasting Josh Allen's prime. And now you look at Kentucky. You're wasting what is almost certainly the only year of Reed Shepard. Definitely the only year of Rob Dillingham. Um, Justin Edwards hasn't figured it out. I don't know what the heck's going on with DJ Wagner. It is just, it's unbelievable. And so if you're Kentucky, listen, one thing I will say, I mean, it'd be nice to see this team at full strength, but even at full strength, it's like you got to settle on a rotation. Now I'm definitely rambling, by the way. But even at the team at full strength, they played 10 guys without Trey Mitchell in the first half. Settle on seven or eight bench a few guys, there's a couple guys that just shouldn't be playing, and let to to quote John Calipari, let's freaking ball. It's so frustrating, it is so annoying, and I'm not a Kentucky fan, but I want to see this team reach their potential, and I think the bigger concern is that this is the second, third year in a row, really the second out of three anyway, where you're really good in November and December, and you completely flatline in January and February, when you used to be, this used to be Calipari time, might not have it figured out in November and December, but wait till January, wait till February. We're going to rock. We're going to roll. We're going to get going. And that is just not the case right now. You go back two years ago, by the way, remember late January, early February, they destroyed Kansas at Kansas. I don't know how anybody wins at Fog Fieldhouse, Kentucky won by like 20. And then from there, it was just never the same. It never got better. Last year, they never reached their potential. Well, it's Oscar Sheba's fault. Well, it's this. Well, it's that. Well, what's the excuse in 2024, man? I get it. Injuries, problems, this, that. But at some point, we have to acknowledge, like, this things headed in the wrong direction in a hurry. So I will say, you know, the defensive stuff is bad. I do think part of it falls on just not having your full complement of big guys. I think Trey Mitchell was the guy you needed today. But man, that last play call is so, so So frustrating. All right. I think that's it for this bonus episode of the Aaron Torres Pod. Again, normal show on Monday. We'll come back. We'll react to the Super Bowl, some of the college football stuff, Chip Kelly, et cetera. And again, we'll probably have more on this after I've had a chance to sleep on it. But it just felt like we absolutely had to talk about this game and what is next for Kentucky and Gonzaga as well. Normal show Monday, normal week ahead. Uh, appreciate everybody's support if you're not subscribed to the show please make sure to do so apple spotify amazon music google music wherever you listen to podcasts also if you could do me a favor rate and review the show go ahead and give us a quick five stars make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore tours on twitter at Aaron torres pod on instagram Aaron torres podcast questions at gmail.com Aaron torres podcast questions at gmail.com Have a feeling we'll be talking about this one again on Monday, but I appreciate you tuning in for a bonus Saturday episode. We'll be back on Monday. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week.